Hey, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally-based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Welcome to another episode in the How We Do This series of the How To Do Marketing Show. And today I'm going to run through how I've managed to come up with some, what I think are really great solutions for some of the really common challenges that small business owners can face when it comes to marketing. And look, um, these are these are challenges that I've noticed and responded to over the years, and and I've worked with with pretty much just small businesses over the years. So so they're definitely problems and challenges experienced by small businesses. However, I'm sure they are also challenges that are experienced by some mid level and larger businesses as well. So um, I don't think I've ever really shared the story about how I actually got to be a small business marketer and how I found myself, I guess, so passionately in this, this industry. Um, so I, I actually did a marketing and advertising degree um, well, gosh, actually, I'm not going to say when because it will probably age me. But I started off um, out of school doing a, a business degree and I, and I uh, uh, majored in marketing and advertising. And during this degree, the, the academics and the theory that we studied in those three years, it's largely geared towards corporate the corporate world and corporate experience. So, you know, Procter Procter & Gamble, Mars, um, you know, Master Foods, you know, look, back in those days, Google and Facebook and all of those companies weren't a thing. So I'm not sure if the degrees have have, uh, progressed now to more contemporary examples of of international corporates, but it was very much geared around um, corporate marketing and, and theories. So, in my head, I guess, my, my idea of a marketing career was a, a marketing career that was forged within those, those, that, those kind of corporate industries. And it was a career path that kind of started, I guess, in, in marketing coordination or in those days it was mostly kind of sales. Um, and then you kind of worked yourself your way up and, and I guess eventually became a, a um, chief marketing officer um, or maybe, you know, a CEO or something more, more, you know, in the in the leadership team of those corporates, small business wasn't really mentioned. Small business just wasn't really part of 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 the thinking around the marketing of that degree. Um, so when I finished university, I went 
into that that typical career journey. So I started off with an international corporate. It was called Michael Page, and it was actually a recruitment company. And look, here's a um, here's a revelation. Um, I actually had no idea what recruitment was, and I remember going through this quite rigorous recruitment process. Um, they were looking for graduates to start and, and they were, you know, recruiting graduates who'd had marketing or finance or, or accounting or human resources degrees. But they, yeah, they were this international recruitment firm and I had no idea. Anyway, so I kept kind of going through the the, the stages and did all the psych testing and all the rest and I thought, well, this sounds like an awesome company to work for. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll start here. So I started in recruitment and recruitment, even though you're dealing with people and it's kind of, I guess, a little bit in that human resources um, area, recruitment companies are not human resources companies. You're in sales there. But it was an awesome role to start with because that that skill of business development and being able to to know how to cold call companies and build relationships and, um, you know, have those those pitching conversations and, um, you know, really, um, I guess, sell um, was such a such a really useful skill. Anyway, so I was like, okay, cool. I've started my marketing career in a, in a sales position, moved to London with the, the company and um, and I was working in their recruitment um, for a while and we were doing quite a bit of travel and, you know, it had always been my dream to, to travel the world. And I, to be honest, I hadn't really thought of anything past that. All I knew was I was going to finish uni, get a job, save some money and get overseas. So I did that and I did that in this role. And then when I was working in London, I don't know, the, it, the, the role of recruitment um, consultant, I, I found just, I, I guess, the novelty wore off and um, I found it quite soulless and I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm supposed to be doing marketing. This is, you know, just sales and um, I want to move over to marketing. So I moved into their marketing department. Now, this marketing department, International Corporate, it's massive, you know. There's, I don't know, twenty of us. I, I would say just for the for the London office, and um, you know, we had a team of of account managers. We had copywriters. We had um, media buyers. We had a bunch of graphic designers. Now, bearing in mind, digital marketing was not really a thing back then. We had a website, but social media hadn't been invented. While we were emailing. Um, I don't think we were doing email campaigns back then. So this was very, very traditional marketing. And that was great. Kind of started at the bottom of the marketing chain there. Then uh, we eventually got back to to Sydney and I realised that I didn't actually have another big goal in mind. I'd kind of gone, right, I've done my my travelling and and, um, now I have to kind of really start thinking about what I want to do with the rest of my marketing career. So when I looked at marketing, I was like, geez, it's such a broad, you know, um, realm of, of what it can include. It's so, there's so many things that sit under that marketing umbrella. And I tried all of these different roles um, in different organisations. I tried agency and I tried, you know, corporate, I tried different strands of marketing um, and none of them fit. And I was like, I just, I can't see myself doing this for my whole career. It just, I, it's not, nourishing my soul so 
Anyway, I bounced around from job to job and role to role and, you know, actually started to get really disenfranchised and started to think, oh, actually, I don't think marketing's for me. So I actually took myself off to fashion design school and started doing that at nights, thinking, gosh, I've just got to, you know, change careers altogether. But along the way, randomly one day I went to um, lunch with a, with a friend of mine who owned a catering company in Ultimo. It was a really small business. Four people worked there. And um, I was kind of between roles because I just, you know, got 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 out of the last one. Or my, or I think I'd been working at Vintage Cells and they'd moved to to Melbourne. Um, and so I was like, right, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he offered me a position in in his his catering company. He said, look, we really need someone in that kind of business development marketing role. Come and work for us. And I remember sitting down next to him on the first day. Um, and it was then that it really hit me. I kind of sat down next to him and, and you know, he's obviously the, the managing director of, of the company. And I thought, do you know what? If, if my marketing succeeds, I get to, to help this guy, you know, build the business of his dream. How, how amazing is that? But then I was like, but if it fails... He can't pay his mortgage. Like, this is his income. This is his life. This is his job. It's like, that's massive. That's a huge responsibility. And from then on, I was hooked. I was like, yes, like to just have that much, to be able to make that much of a difference in someone's life and for it to kind of come down to me and for me to, I guess, have that pressure of, okay, you know, this is someone's business, this is their income, your marketing has got to work. It makes you be a really, really good marketer because you can no longer hide behind a team of other people. You can no longer hide behind, you know, the various agencies that you you outsource to. You know, it comes down to you. So, that's how I, I got into small business. Like, that was close to 20 years ago and, and I've worked in small business ever since. So I've really kind of along the way become so familiar with with the opportunities and the challenges that that small businesses do face when it when it comes to to marketing. So I wanted to get I wanted to go through some of the the the, the bigger ones and the more common ones here and then just share with you how we as an agency in, in Dragonfly Marketing and, and I guess me as a consultant have managed to to overcome these. Okay. So the challenges, the first challenge that that's faced by small businesses is the lack of time. Now, I realise that most people in the Western world will tell you that they don't have time right now, and that's true. No one seems to have any time. We're all super busy. I get it. But in terms of a small business owner, I think it's really important to to set the scene. I mean, as a small business owner, you'll completely get this. But small business owners work really, really hard. You know, I don't know many small business owners that work less than a 50, 60 hour week. Some will work a lot more. It's all consuming. Even when you're not actually on the clock working, you are thinking about your small business. Like it, it's it's relentless. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. 
So the hours are long, but the thinking is long as well. Like this, this business is really all consuming. And the reason why that is, is because a lot of the time, a small business owner's role is really ubiquitous. So, you know, yes, they're, they're an expert at what they do, whether that be a plumber, a lawyer, an accountant, uh, you know, a cook, a chef, whatever that small business owner has gone, I want to start a business doing this. They're doing that. But on top of that, they're wearing so many other hats. So they're wearing the marketing, the marketing hat, the accounting hat, the operations hat, the people hat. And let me tell you, they are not easy hats to wear. You know, if you think of a corporate organisation, there are massive teams. And yes, they're, they're obviously bigger businesses, but there are teams of people and, and agencies and, and consultants and, and all the rest that are devoted to those, to those functions. Small business owners are generally doing all of those. So it's not just the time that they don't have in their day, it's, it's the headspace that they don't have in their days. And you're constantly learning, constantly firefighting, constantly facing new challenges, new opportunities. No day, no day looks the same. So you're in this like always on, the adrenal gland is always pumping. Um, the emotions are always running high because, you know, there's so many ups and downs. So, so that lack of time is a massive challenge that, that business owners face and something that we absolutely have to cater for when we go in to try and provide marketing solutions for, for a small business. And I will be going over the, uh, how, the, the solutions. I'm just going to go through the challenges first. Okay, challenge number two is marketing overwhelm. So this is something that pretty much every single small business I have worked with has experienced in one way or, or, or another. And a lot of that comes from, and, and I think it's more so today because you've got so many digital channels and the digital channels are not only flashing, you know, you should be doing this as a small business. Every other business is on Facebook or TikTok or email or whatever the channel may be, you should be doing that. But it also, it's also a lot more noise that's falling into the small business owner's realm and, and world view. So it's really hard to sometimes go, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I know I should be doing marketing, but where do I start? Like, how do I know which channels to, to invest in? Um, how do I know what messages to use? How do I know what content to produce? You know, there's all of this fuss around content marketing and I can see that there's, you know, videos and, and there's amazing images and graphic design and copywriting and, you know, let alone all the other fancy stuff that's being developed at the moment. Do I need to do that? And if I need to do that, you know, where do I, where do I start with that? Where, where do I kind of... Um, yeah, where do I make my entry into, into this, this kind of marketing? Um, and, and how much of it do I actually do? So it's also one of those, those things as well where it's, it's perceived as a bit of a, a, a dark art. You know, um, marketing is this thing that, that might give me a result and it might not give me a result. And you know, I, I, I'm seeing all these prices that are, are associated with 
you know, graphic design and and branding and and all of that sort of stuff. But how does that actually make me money? You know, how do I know that by doing something really fancy with a logo is actually going to to make my business grow? You know, and then you start analyzing it and and trying to overthink it and um and there's just that that it leads to a lack of confidence and assurance that that you're actually investing that money, you know, in, in the right place. So it's overwhelming. All these decisions and all these, these ideas and all of this unknown can be really overwhelming. And the third challenge, which is so valid and, and again, completely relevant for so many businesses, you know, no matter what the size, is that fear of wasting money, you know, which I touched on a little bit before. Small business owners don't have money or time to waste. I mean, no one has money that they they want to make that, that they want to waste. But I think with a lot of small businesses, you know, perhaps if expectations haven't been managed well and they've they've spent, you know, I don't know, I've seen some businesses spend tens of thousands of dollars on on websites or fancy branding or or whatever. And then it hasn't they don't actually understand how that's made them money or how that's progressed their business. Like, yeah, it looks great, but what does that actually do in terms of actually getting more customers on board or how do I use that to get more customers on board? Or in the cases of a lot of small businesses, they've tried different marketing tactics before. So they might have tried a three-month you know, TV ad campaign or they might have tried a couple of weeks worth of of radio advertising or um, maybe they've taken out a print ad in, in the local regional magazine or whatever the case may be, and it hasn't driven immediate phone calls <laughs> to their business. So they're like, well, I just spent like thousands of dollars on that and no one called as a result. And they won't. <laughs> they won't. If you just show up randomly and sporadically like that, you won't get that. You won't get any result really if, if, if you do that. Um, so, so if you've had that experience, then you're just going to be a little bit more gun shy when it comes to, to spending money on marketing because you're like, well, I don't know, the, the, the stuff that I did before, I spent lots of money and it didn't seem to work. Or it might have actually worked, but because there's been no measurement or formal measurement process in place or expectations set around what that, that activity was, would, would, could have actually achieved, there is actually no way to tell if it's it's worked or not. Now, the fourth challenge is that a lot of small business owners are bamboozled by so-called marketers. Everyone's a marketer these days. Um, we laugh about this quite a bit in um in our agency, you know, just the amount of people that show up with that marketing hat on is quite hilarious. Um, I notice, like even these days, some of the local directories, um, the, the local directories people are called called your your digital marketing consultant. Um, no, they're not. They're not a digital marketing consultant. A lot of the time, they're a digital marketing sales person. They're selling you a solution. If you think about it, the local directories person is selling you a solution to one channel. If your local directories salesperson was giving you a marketing strategy and then recommendations around how to use 
print advertising, other directory sites, how to build a website, how to use all the different, you know, social media channels, how to email, um, how to run events, how to uh, build relationships, go to networking or whatever the case may be, if their advice was impartial and catered for everything that your business might need, well, yeah, then they're a marketing consultant. But if they're just there to sell a solution to the product that they sell, then they're a sales consultant. They're not a marketing um, consultant. And then, you know, you've got a whole bunch of business coaches out there who are also dabbling in that marketing space and, and telling small business owners what they should and shouldn't be doing, you know, no marketing qualifications in sight a lot of the time. And I get it. There's a lot of stuff about marketing that's that's common sense, um, but there's a lot of marketing out there that's also really tactically driven and it's not considered. So, yeah, it's really easy to be able to set up a Facebook page. It's really easy to set up a LinkedIn post a page and, and start, start posting. You know, anyone can do that. That's common sense. But how you actually make those posts tie into achieving your business priorities is something that needs to be a little bit more considered. And then, of course, you've got all the, the other people who, you know, some might have done a marketing subject at university and, and all of a sudden they know boats. Um, there's a lot of people who, you know, might be doing some marketing for their business um, and it, what, what they're doing is, is working for them, but their business is their business and your business is your business. And there could be very, very different scenarios in there that will mean that what they're doing for their business is not going to work for yours. So they're the challenges that, that we face because when, you know, that, that last one, when they're being bamboozled by, by these other so-called marketers, it, it, gets a, it gets to be really confusing as to what the right solution might be. You know, the TV ad rep is, is telling them that TV is the, the be-all and end-all solution to their, to their business growth. The radio rep saying that the radio is the best solution. The print ad saying that the print ad's the best solution. The, the digital marketing people are saying all you need to do is this digital marketing. Um, so all of this different advice is, is you know, goes back to, to challenge number two, marketing overwhelm. So a lack of time, marketing overwhelm, fear of wasting money and being bamboozled by all the, the, the so-called marketers are the biggest challenges that we find a lot of small businesses face. Hey, if you are loving what you hear in this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show and you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. You'll work directly with me and a bunch of other like-minded, motivated small business owners for 12 months. And in that time, I'll show you how to plan, implement and measure the marketing that is right for your business. The results that you can expect are that way more of the right type of people are going to come and get to know your business and your brand. You'll increase your leads, you'll increase your revenue, and best of all, you'll finish the 12 months with a complete and thorough understanding of exactly how to do marketing. Head on over to howtodomarketing.com.au to find out more. Now let's get stuck back into this episode. So 
how do we provide solutions to these challenges? Okay, so in in response to challenge number one, and and actually in response to challenge all of them, um, we start with a simple and focused strategy. So when you have sat down and considered what your main business priority is, and and when we're talking about planning and strategy, we're talking about the period of of 12 months at a top-level planning. Um, Yes, you can break that planning down into month-by-month planning, which we will do as well. However, when we're putting that that first um, strategy or plan together, it's based over, over 12 months. So we need to look at what the business priority is for the next 12 months. Sure, we'll consider ultimately what some of the longer-term plans are for the business, um, but for the strategy, we're just focused on the next 12 months. So we're looking at at the business priority because that allows us to then put in some marketing objectives and goals specifically to match that business priority. We also take a real deep dive into the target audience. Now, this is where we might realise that there's a couple of different segments that we need to consider for, for, our, for our marketing. There might just be one, one segment, um, but we want to get to know that segment really, really well. So um, for us, we always include customer research as part of our marketing planning, always. I believe I've only got 50% of the story if I only talk to the business owner when I'm putting the marketing strategy together. Because at the end of the day, we've got to sell to your customers. We have to understand their worldview, their perspective, what they think, what else are they being bamboozled with out there at the moment? Um, How are they making decisions? Um, So we really need to get to know our our target audience on a really, really intimate level. And then we can look at, okay, so, so how will we position ourselves as different to, our, to the other alternatives that they've, they've got? Um, what does make us different from that? Because I can tell you there's so many small business owners who believe that, you know, when they show up saying we, we pride ourselves on customer service, that that's what makes them different and and it could it that could be the thing and you could genuinely provide the best customer service ever. But just know that everybody in your market is probably also saying the same thing as you. Um, So we need to actually, if we're going to say we're different at customer service, we need to actually then demonstrate how how we can say that and differentiate ourselves from everybody else and their dog who's also saying that. Um, We need to be really sure of the value that we offer to our customers. So this is when it comes down to let's get out of feature land and start talking benefits. So, yes, we need to understand what your product and service features are because there might be some points of difference in there. But what do those products, what do those features provide to your customer? What benefit? How are you going to get them from point A to point B with those features? And what's the market that you operate in? You know, is it heavily competitive? Is it not heavily competitive? You know, what are some of the economic constraints or some of the legislative constraints or or whatever that there might be that we need to consider? So once we've actually got that simple and focused strategy, we start to address things like the marketing overwhelm and, and the lack of time because 
the lack of time and, and overwhelm and, and too much overwhelm is generally because you just you're busy being busy, you know. So so these guys are already, we're not going to be able to solve the, the lack of time in their whole business, but we certainly don't want to add to it with the marketing function. But if we have a really focused plan, well then we go, okay, if we know that we've going if we're going to devote this much time to marketing, it's actually going to work because it's very much plugged into the business and we can see how that's actually going to work. It helps face, it helps solve the problem of the marketing overwhelm because all of a sudden, by putting that marketing strategy together, you actually know where to start. Okay, now that we know that our customers think like this or are in this position, now that we know what our business objective is, now we can plan out that 12 months of activity with certainty and with confidence. Um, of of where to start and what we need to work on, what we need to focus on. Um, It also addresses the fear of wasting money um, because you know that that it's it's not going to waste money because this is actually a really considered plan. We've gone out and, and asked the right questions and considered the right information to make sure that when we choose the marketing solutions to, to plug into that strategy, that, that they're actually going to drive a return. Um, unfortunately, it won't stop the, the bamboozlers from, from getting into to the small business marketing, uh, the small business owner's head. Having said that, what it does help with is when you've actually got that strategy and you know what you're doing for the next 12 months, when those sales messages are coming into your inbox, you can confidently go back and say, Thanks. Keep your details on file. Maybe something we need to consider for the future. Don't need it right now. Thanks very much. Instead of going, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I do need it. Maybe I don't. Okay. Solution number two is creative thinking. So creative thinking is free. And quite frankly, we just don't encourage enough of this in our lives. You know, I personally believe that everybody has the ability to think creatively. It's just I think we're all in such a rush to drive short-term hardline results and meet deadlines that seem to become more and more unrealistic in this this race to keep up with the world that I think we don't allow ourselves the time to be creative. And I think in small business land, sometimes it's so easy to feel like you're running behind. You know, there's so much to do. You often feel like you're on the back foot. So when you've made the decision to start marketing, it, need to have, it needed to have started yesterday, you know, and so then you're just in this panic, quick, quick, you know, we've got to get the website done. We've got to get this up. We've got to get that up. We've got to get this up. And you don't allow yourself to take a step back and think, okay, hang on, whoa, instead of just getting a website up to tick the box. Let's think about how we can approach this website really cleverly to make sure that it's a really, really cool, robust, workable and effective solution. Um, You know, I know myself, I'll think of the best ideas when I've actually had time to get really curious about a topic and explore all of the different perspectives Um, So how I do that in my role as a marketer is I just keep asking questions, 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 both of the business owner as well as their customers. You know, why do they do something in a certain way? Why do your customers choose one product over another? 
Why is price important for this purchase or why is price not important for this? What is it that you would wish for if you had a magic wand? You know, that's that's a that's a big question that sometimes can actually drop absolute nuggets of, of gold and, and really inspire creative thinking. And creative thinking, I think, just the, the way that kind of, it, it does involve a little bit more time, so it doesn't necessarily answer the, the lack of time challenge. Um, I think, though, where it gives you more confidence with, with time, overwhelm and money is that if you've actually done the step one and done the strategy and the planning and you've focused your efforts down to a couple of, you know, really strategic options and tactics there, then you want to make sure that, okay, well, if we're going to do those and we're going to do them well, you know, how, how can we make sure that we do them in the best way that, that we can? Um, honestly, there's so much lazy marketing and advertising out there to look at. And it's because people just get it out there for the sake of getting it out there. But I don't know whether it's really, you know, sure, I guess if you've got a million dollars and you can just blast your brand everywhere that then yeah your brand's going to get out there but but will it actually take people further than than being aware of your brand so someone might be aware of a brand that's plastered everywhere but unless your messaging is has creatively engaged them with that that advertising or that marketing touch point then they're probably just going to stick at marketing awareness you know and and there's a whole marketing ecosystem to to consider with your with your marketing planning and and in that ecosystem we've got to be you know making sure we drive awareness that we drive consideration that we drive action of of people actually coming and buying the product and then that we're driving repeat sales and driving repeat uh, um, advocacy customer advocacy so you know, there's there's so much marketing out there that's driving awareness and, and uh, you know, being creative is actually where we can actually then drive that awareness but also really engage people in, in some messaging and some action and repeat sales and all the rest. Um, so number three, solution number three is people connect with people. And my goodness, this is a hack for small business and although it's not as straightforward as it seems it's it's a it's a huge hack that if you can actually get the people behind your brand and when I'm talking about the people behind your brand I'm talking about your customers your stakeholders your your employees yourself as the business owner when you can put them in front of of your marketing and the forefront of your marketing, your marketing will be so much more engaging. So people will connect with people so much more readily than they will with a faceless brand. And I know there's a lot of small business owners out there who don't want to be the face of their business. You know, they're they're either introverted, um, they feel like they're being selfless, ah, selfless, shame promoter, shameless. Oh my goodness, shameless self promoters. Um, they, you know, just might not feel comfortable with with being the face of their business at all. Um, but there will be people in your business that that are comfortable with that, and it's 
all I can say is if it's something that you can try to, to get over and work with, you will notice just the, the, the significant difference that it makes putting real people in your marketing over, over, um, over just, you know, straight branding um, and, and logos and colours and, you know, faceless kind of stuff. Um, I've got an example that I'm going to run through that that can show you the the power of of people connecting with people, and that that um, is not necessarily something that that addresses lack of time or marketing overwhelm because sometimes that can add to a bit of the time and and the overwhelm, particularly if you don't like the idea of being on video. Um, but it absolutely address the fear of wasting money because oh my goodness you spend money on promoting the people behind your brand you are going to get so much more return than you would if you didn't and I can guarantee that and I've got a case study to, to go through to show that okay um, number four the solution of um, simple monthly measurements so when we plan out our marketing strategy, so what we do here is we've got a marketing ecosystem that, that we work towards, and I explained it just before in terms of we want to make sure that we've got marketing activity that drives awareness, that drives engagement and consideration, that drives sales, leads and sales, that dr drives repeat sales and also drives brand advocacy. Now, generally, for the majority of marketing, we will have an associated measurement. So if we plot out your marketing activity according to your goals, we can also plot out the measurements that we can, we can make monthly to see if that marketing activity is achieving those goals. So with our clients, um, we measure marketing monthly. We've got a couple of systems in place. Um, we're actually transitioning over to some marketing measurement software. We've finally found one um, that will actually get the breadth of measurements that, that we're looking for. And I'll be um, publishing an, an episode later on in the season um, to, to walk you through that measurement um, software. They're, they're not cheap. Um, and before that, like you don't need to use a dashboard or, or a marketing measurement software for it. Before that, we, we've just been using Excel spreadsheets. Um, and in those, in, in those spreadsheets, we, we measure, you know, reach, we measure engagement, we measure video views, we measure clicks, we measure, you know, certain pages visited, um, we measure leads, we measure sales, we measure downloads, like it, depending on what your goals are and what's relevant, the marketing activity that's relevant for you, we have an associated measurement. And uh, with the with the recent academy, it was, it was great because for our clients, we just keep those measurements and, and report back what we need to with the, the retainer clients that we work for. But with the marketing academy, um, obviously, we show business owners how to keep these measurements themselves, and it was a little bit of a little bit, you know, to, to get their head around in the in the first place. Um, but when they did, you know, it was just they just had the biggest aha moments, and it was honestly, I think it was one of the things that ultimately led to their success in the program, because when they actually measured each month, it was super motivating when they saw the results, you know, oh, wow, when I do this, I get this result. And I was aiming for this and I blitzed it, you know, um, when I, when I don't show up, you know, conversely, when I don't show up, 
I don't get those results. You know, just the difference. When I invest in my content on social media, holy moly, look at the difference in results. It's absolutely incredible. And just by checking in with these measurements, and these are the the, the measurements that, that we measured um, each month uh, and, 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 and used for our planning, um, and it was just such a, a, you know, it just made such a significant difference into, into their mindset around marketing. And, you know, this, this very thing is, is something that addressed their marketing overwhelm, their fear of wasting money um, as well. And, and whilst it took a little bit of time, this is where this dashboard makes it so much easier because it's like at a, you know, press of a button, um, it, yeah, it, it was, it's a really, really good solution to keep you motivated and to make sure that you are not wasting your money, that, that your marketing is driving a return. Okay, so I've got a case study that I wanted to share with you, and I've actually shared this case study before. I roll this case study out quite a bit, actually, because it's a really, really good example of how some of these small business marketing solutions worked together to to solve some of those small business marketing challenges. And uh, the case study that I'm I'm going to talk about and some of you might be familiar with is with a client of ours called Men at Work. And Men at Work are a labour hire and and traffic control organisation. They're based in Port Macquarie on the mid-north coast and they operate out of... um, Uh, other areas on the mid-north coast as well Um, but they've got about a 200 strong workforce and a lot of their business a big part of their business is this traffic control so think about you know road work sites when you're driving through there and there's someone with a lollipop saying stop go and you know people who are putting the cones down and managing the job and making sure everybody's safe so that's that's what they do yeah with the traffic control Anyway, so the, the challenge that they had was that um, a lot of their traffic controllers had, had reported into the managing director that um, they felt really unsafe in, in their roles in, in the traffic control. So they reported, and, and we did some market research based on this, remember, ask questions, customer research, um, so when I actually went in and I spoke to, I don't know, about 15 of the, the traffic controllers and, and I'd assumed that that this um, safety problem was just people being idiots really and, you know, speeding through the, the, the work sites or whatever. But it wasn't. You know, the, the research actually showed that it was people on their mobile phones that um, were, you know, just not paying attention to in these road sites and not seeing the signs and then, flying through and um, so many times these traffic controllers had had to actually, you know, jump in the verges on the side of the road. Um, And then, of course, when we did our desktop research, we discovered that there there was actually a couple of deaths per year of traffic controllers who had lost their lives in, in this way. So um, one of the other objectives that, that the, the business had was to really kind of lift their brand locally and um, just, just really in- amplify and increase their, their, um, their presence locally. So we kind of had two objectives, which was to, to increase their, their presence and, and um, increase the brand sent- positive brand sentiment around the brand. But we also had a really important safety message to, to get out there to, to people and drivers on the Mid-North Coast. 
Now, one of the, the biggest challenges we always face, but we love this space, so we're always good for it, um, is we had a, you know, micro budget to achieve a macro result. So the mid-north coast, I think, you know, there's a couple of hundred thousand people. And we had to get to pretty much all segments of the community with this message, all drivers, because what the traffic controllers had said to us is it's not particularly one age group that, that are guilty of being on the mobile phone. It's young people, it's old people, it's people in, you know, families that, you know, mums driving their kids through the sites on their phones. So we really needed to get out to the whole community. Um, but we only had a really, really small budget to do that. Um the second challenge was this is a safety message. Boring. You know, think about it on Facebook. You're on there to, to catch up with friends and family. The last thing you want to pay attention to is someone to, you know, showing up in your feed and tut-tutting you for, you know, but not being on your mobile phone or or not driving properly through road sites. So we needed to make sure that it was a really emotionally engaging message um, and something that that would cause, you know, an empathetic response as opposed to, you know, and flick on through. And the other challenge was, you know, it, we, we knew that the subject of our, our message and our video and who we were trying to get empathy for was, was our traffic controllers. And, you know, we just knew that some people might have some, some already existing perceptions of traffic controllers, oh, you know, traffic controllers, what are, you know, who, who cares? You know, they're always on a smoker or, you know, whatever their perceptions might might be. So we needed to make sure that people actually related to the traffic controllers um, as, as people and special people within their community who are doing a very important job. So the solution for this, we tapped into the, the very solutions that I've just talked about there. We planned out this campaign. So we started by really understanding, you know, A, what are the pain points for the organisation? What are they wanting to achieve? Brand amplification, positive brand sentiment, and, and we want to, you know, spread a, a message out, a, an important safety message out to the community. Um, we also reached out to, to the traffic controllers themselves to do our research and did some desktop research. So we asked all the questions in order for us to come up with a really creative solution. Um, and that creative solution was, and I'll put the, the link in the show notes, um, that creative solution was a, a, a one-minute video that we shared out via social media. And if I go back to the, the people connect with, with people and the creativity, we actually used real people. So we actually used a, a much-loved traffic controller within the who worked for, for Men at Work. Um, so we, he's a real person. He did the voiceover. It was him that we videoed. Um, and as you'll see in the video, we not only videoed him on the, the roadside itself in this really precarious spot on the side of the mountain with these, you know, huge trucks driving past him, really intimidating kind of scenes. But then we also placed him back in with his family and his beautiful three girls and, and essentially positioned him as, yes, he's a traffic controller by day, doing his job just like everybody does. Uh, but he's also got a beautiful family to return to at the end of the day. So make sure that you're driving, you know, safely through through work sites um, to ensure that everyone gets home um, themselves uh, safely. 
So we've used real people to connect with people. We've used an emotive story and we've activated our tribe by, again, reaching out via people. So when we actually placed that video, when we actually published that video, it was a Wednesday afternoon, I remember it well, We'd, we'd gone into the Facebook Insights to work out where everybody was on, when everybody was online and Wednesday, three o'clock, radio. So we published it then. When we published it, um, Roscoe, the managing director, actually sent out a message to his 200 strong workforce and said the Facebook videos, like that, they were kept in the loop about what, what was happening with the campaigns. Facebook videos gone live, um, get behind it, essentially. And they did. And that Facebook video ended up getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of of views, um, you know, 10,000 engagements, like it was 300 and 400 shares, um, so many comments that that backed up our messaging from from other people saying, yes, I'm really scared for my life, you know, for my husband's life or my partner's life when they go out and... um, work in this way or my cousin was killed by this you know it's really important to to drive safely so it really did go viral this was before we even did any investment into into the post Um, and it was a real example of how we really simply and creatively came up with a solution um, that we could amplify easily using people um, p- making sure that we planned planned out our, our activity with a really focused strategy. And then, of course, the measurements. Now, this was a specific campaign, so we had measurements in place to actually understand. We obviously had goals that we wanted to achieve. We smashed, absolutely smashed those. Um, but then by just measuring the impact of this me- of this this campaign, we were able to really feel confident that that this campaign worked and that, that it was a really, really good investment of the, I think the total budget was, was um, it was about $1,500 for the video itself. And then I think we probably spent about another $1,500 on, on ads, not for that particular day, but in for the, you know, for another five months after that to really get that message out there. So, so yeah, that's that's an example of of how we've been able to to provide those solutions to really plug into some of those specific small business challenges that that are faced um, there. So so yeah, so so to to recap those um, those solutions are you know a simple and focused strategy and really understanding how that marketing ecosystem works. Two is, is just creative thinking and allowing for creative thinking when you're coming up with solutions. Three is to understand the power of people connecting with, with people. Four and four is to, to make sure that you're measuring monthly, whether it's campaign-related, project-related, um, annually for some things as well. And there, what will will generally happen, help in in the case of of overcoming those those small business cha- challenges. So as you can tell, I'm muddling up my words and tripping over my words because I've been raving on for quite some time now. But I hope that um, that you got a lot out of this episode and and you've had some ideas 
um, and some creative thoughts sparked for your for yourselves um, as to how you might be able to overcome some of your small business marketing challenges. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. And remember, if you want to know how you can get some of this marketing happening in your own business, come and join me in my How To Do Marketing Academy Mastermind. It has been developed just for small business owners like you. Head to howtodomarketing.com.au. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 